going on guys? So today's guest is my old youth pastor. He's an author. He's a hiker. He's now a pastor at Cross Creek Church in Colorado. And I mean, what what can't this dude do? So I couldn't wait to have him on the podcast to talk about, you know, hiking, uh, what it is about the church and Christians and that lifestyle. So here he is. It's Mike Haley. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. How you been? Uh, I've been pretty good, man. Can't complain, you know. Just uh, just living. Yeah. You know, uh, working, doing stuff I love to do. Got nothing to complain about, man. That's cool. Yeah, what have you been up to? Ah, same old stuff, man. Just trying to lead a church through a time I don't know what the freak is going on. So. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be tough. Yeah, it's not easy, so... Yeah, do you have a lot of people coming to you, like, about, I don't know, just about, like, things they deal with at home or something like that or, like, their depression or anxiety or anything? Yeah, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now. Um, we have a uh, counseling pastor at the church. Okay. So he, he handles most of it. Um, but, yeah, some of the people that I'm, you know, probably the closest to, we, st- we still talk a lot about that kind of stuff. Yeah, see, I don't, I know my wife, my wife probably goes through a little bit of it because she's yeah. stuck at home. Uh, her job's been working from home since March, I think. Oh, wow. And uh, and for her, she has epilepsy and she hasn't been able to drive for about four years. Oh, wow. So now it makes it that much worse for her, you know, <laughs> that she really can't do anything. Right. You know, but... uh you know, I think uh, just me and her just talking and uh, it's really tested her faith yeah. in, a, in a way. And uh, like with me, I don't really ha- don't have a problem because I'm for my job, I'm a security guard. So I'm essential. You yeah. know, I never so my schedule never really changed through this whole thing. The only thing has changed is the whole mask wearing. Yeah. You know, which can get annoying at times. But other than that, you know, I got no complaints. It's just about hearing what other people go through, which is makes me worry and stuff. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think it'll be years. We'll still be finding out the results of of this stuff. Yeah. Just psychologically and emotionally on on kids, on on adults. Everywhere, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, because we have a lot of we have a lot of military guys in our church, and so some of them were were deployed during the middle of it and then they got over there and then they would have to quarantine. So they're in a horrible barracks quarantined. And it was, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff they've even, they've had to deal with through this. So yeah, I think the the after effects are going to be, be tremendous down the road. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of kids will have like PTSD or something like that. Yeah. From their parents beating them at home for school. Yeah. That too. (laughs) So where, but, are you, where are you living at now? I'm still in Delaware. Are you in Wilmington or Newcastle? Yeah, I'm or? in Wilmington, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. me and my wife got a house here, and it couldn't be more perfect, man. Like, 
uh, nice neighborhood. We actually live in an old person neighborhood pretty much. Nice. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get those looks like if we don't have our grass cut the way they do, you know, there's an older lady across the street from me. I seen her, no lie. She's been outside cutting her grass with scissors to make nice. it all even. I'm like, Get see, up. I don't have that time. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll buy you. I'll buy you scissors if you want to do mine. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but dude, I love like looking at pictures when you post of your backyard and stuff. Cause dude, like that's just that doesn't even yeah, seem real. It's beautiful here. That's where I'm at right now. It's beautiful here. So, God is God has blessed us for sure. Yeah. Do you? You didn't grow up there, did you? You grew up in Kansas, right? Yeah, I was born actually 30 minutes from here in, in Pueblo. And, um, but I was, I was raised in Kansas and then high school moved to Texas. So, oh, okay. But before we moved out to Delaware, uh, I was a youth pastor down in Pueblo, the same church that I was born in because my dad had worked there years before. So I was, I was a youth pastor there for seven years. So I call Colorado home. I've lived here more than anywhere else. So. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But you like all the Kansas sports teams and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, Kansas basketball, we don't really have a football team or a JV football team, so. Yeah, for me. <laughs> I got, I got Kansas Cup, so. Yeah, man, I was going to say, dude, like going into this year, because uh, my team's West Virginia. Oh, yeah. So we were actually, did we beat Kansas this past season? Uh, I think it was, I don't know if we them. beat them, but I know it was close. Every time at home. Yeah, I know because yeah. Kansas is always top tier, and West Virginia goes up and down, you know, with Bob Huggins. Yeah. But uh, I think this year, like they either they almost beat them or something like that. And I was like, oh man, this is gonna be our year. And uh, <laughs> what do you know? Going on to, to March Madness, you know, couldn't even play. Um. Yeah, I was so mad. So we went to uh, one of the Kansas games last year. First time I've been to their stadium. And uh, it was the one where they were playing K-State. Mm. That huge brawl broke out at the end of the, the game. Yeah. So we were there. I wish we'd have been on the other side of the stadium because it happened on the other end, but it was crazy. Yeah, that's wild. See, I never – I need to go to a West Virginia game. I've never been to one. Yeah. Uh, I actually wanted – that's where I wanted to propose to my wife. Dude, I called so many people. Like, yeah. within the school and stuff. And I was trying to figure out, like, how I can do it. And the, uh, I think, I don't know, someone that worked there was just like, well, they're doing construction. If you want to just, like, uh, see if the gate's open and just sneak in and just do it on the field, you know. I'm like, dude, I'm not driving seven hours to Maybe. hopefully sneak in, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So where's your wife from? Oh, she's from here. Is she? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we met in a weird way. I kind of just like met her at her own house. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we became friends first and then after that we just went down the road, you know. Boom. But and we're like best friends, which is I always remember like you and Misty's relationship and you guys were like best friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, how did you guys meet? We met at a Bible college in uh, Springfield, Missouri. So I was a sophomore, she was a freshman and um, we knew of each other, but we had just never really officially met because our, uh, our parents went to college together at that same college. And uh, so she 
one day she fell down the stairs outside and so i went and got her shoes and helped her up and that's how we met so <laughs> kind of that that fairy tale you know hey does the shoe fit so i always joke around she fell for me right away oh right there you go so i had a huge gash on my eye from basketball and i think that kind of scared her through her off so she fell down and oh right and she asked every day at school she asked for me if i need a new a new band-aid so that's kind of how it all started oh that's crazy that's yeah. a wild story so how's your like all your family doing like bef- like when you left all you had was Derek, but now you got two other ones yep yep misty was uh pregnant with dustin when we left she we left in july of 08 and then he was born that december okay and then uh so we had gone through a lot of infertility stuff mm-hmm. trying to have that second child and um basically figured we weren't going to have anymore and then then god gave us dustin and then five years later he surprised us with another another kid so um, that's when we we got mckenna okay She's, she just turned seven crazy man now are any of them like into sports or anything or yeah, Derek. Derek likes sports growing up, and then uh, Dustin is a is he a pretty good basketball player. Uh, he likes football, so he's he's pretty athletic kid. And McKenna, she's she's starting to play volleyball, done a little gymnastics, soccer. So she they all like sports. So she I don't know if she likes it yet because she gets tired of us watching it all the time. Yeah. So she'll she'll either really love sports or she'll she'll marry somebody that won't have anything to do with sports. So who knows? Right. Are you still doing anything like that? Like active or anything? Or are you just hiking? Um, I, I go to the gym and, and hike. I haven't played any like leagues in, in quite a few years, coached quite a bit. And I haven't, I haven't coached basketball for a couple years now. Yeah. So we'll see now that Dustin's in middle school. I might try to pick it back up and, and coach him in middle school. So right. I, I mean, I coach him and, you know, little league rec center type stuff. But mm. so I coached, uh, you know, you know, Mike crew, right? Mike yeah, yeah. Yep. So they live, they were living in our same neighborhood. Oh, wow. But he's the athletic director of school, not too far from here. And so I, he had me coach there for quite a, quite a few years. With oh, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I played, uh, cause I had that, like I played soccer and basketball. Those were my main sports in high school. Right. And so I got like the niche to like want to uh, get into it again. And I found like this co-ed league and it just wasn't for me. It was all about, they're all about like, oh, it's all about fun. I was oh, like, yeah. and I was competing hard. Like, and that's how I have fun. Right. You know, um, I had no problems during the soccer league, you know, and, but I mean, the only problem I had was when, me and this girl were running for the ball, and I just wrecked her. Like, we both, like, she ran right into me and just bounced off. Yeah. And then one of her teammates got in my face, and it was a thing. Um, That's from all your rugby, man. Dude, I mean, if you're if it's co-ed to me, you know, you got to be able to take it. Right. You know, I'm not going to take it easy on you because she was good. Yeah. You know, but. They'll give it back to you, too. Exactly. And, but in the basketball league is where it all went downhill. Uh, You know, I was on a terrible, terrible team and I was, I don't know. I was just trying to like build everyone up and I was trying to, you know, get people to shoot the ball and do all that stuff. And later in the season, uh, I was just so into the game. We were down by like 70 
you know, and I was still like trying to get people to play and like right. play their heart out and keep playing until the end of the game. And this one guy, I guess he thought I was just trying to get all the playing time because I haven't, I had, I hadn't taken a break yet. And he gets up in my face, and I, something in my head just triggers like. And, you know, my wife was there, my in-laws were there, and they just saw me, like, a different side of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So after that, man, I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of it. You know, it's not the same as yeah, it was, you know. Like, we played against some good guys, but there were teams that just weren't competitive. And that's what I like. I like the competition right. part of it. You yeah, know, a, but... I mean, that's the big part of sports is just the competing so yeah and i miss that because in bodybuilding you don't get that you know because everything's yeah. subjective so it's just like uh well if the judges like me i guess i'll do well you know what i mean right there's only so much you should, that you can control yeah so yeah especially when like you get in that competitive bodybuilding like there's not much difference between any of those guys yeah it's just what what mood the judge is in that day of like well, his chest striation was a little better than the other guys. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, you're. I mean, in bodybuilding, I guess you're you're competing against yourself, but then it's hard to measure a, a win that way. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to get anywhere with it, you know, people can say it all they want, but you're always competing more than yourself. You know, if you're actually trying to go somewhere, but if you're trying to right. just test yourself and see if you can actually be disciplined enough to, you know, eat those meals and do the cardio and stuff over a certain amount of weeks, then yeah, you're competing against yourself because it's tough. You know, I cried. I don't have that kind of, kind of discipline, man. My hat's off to you. I don't have that kind of discipline. Oh, dude, I can't do it now. Well, I mean, I could, but I just don't want to. Right. <laughs> you know, I cried, actually. I called my coach. It was like two or three in the morning. And I was going on almost close to 48 hours with like being dehydrated. I haven't had any liquid for almost 48 hours. And I was like crying and I called her and she was like, oh, go go to the sink and just like swish around water in your mouth and spit it out. <laughs> I did that and I'm crying and I was like, it made it worse. You know, I was like, dude, never again. No, but I, I go to the gym so I don't look like a typical uh, pastor. That's, that's oh, yeah. Awesome. I don't want to look like a typical old pastor, just fat and fat and lazy. Let's take a break for a second from this podcast and talk about Onward. So Onward is a supplement we carry at Strong Tower Nutrition. It's created by Run Everything Labs. It is to help your improve your mood, uh, boost your overall health, support your immune system it does all these things without a crash at the end of it you know what i mean it's not going to give you that high spike of energy and you're just going to want to go to sleep at the end of the day this thing sustains throughout the day i love it i use it every day and for podcast listeners we're offering 10 percent off of the entire website on stnutrition.com so go check it out stnutrition.com use the code strong s-t-r-o-n-g 10% off and now let's get back to the podcast how does your um because your church is like fairly new right um no with it the church is actually this month is 50 years old oh okay but it was kind of like a restart right 
So, because when we when we got here, there was you know 30, 40 people, and the church was was really uh, on its last leg. But at the group of 30 or 40 people, man, they just wanted to they wanted their church to grow and they wanted to reach people. And so that was in 2008 when we got here, and then 2010 is when we changed the name, kind of like a relaunch, restart um, from from what it was before to what it is now. Right. So most people think it's a new church, but it's it's not necessarily a new church. It's just got an, I guess, a fresh look to it. Okay, because you brought, did you bring in like uh, a lot of the social media aspect of like of this generation and that kind of yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. So like, there's not really anything that, about the church that's the same other than our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like when I got here, it was just they had a piano and hymnals, and that was it. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so now it's you know it's nothing like that. It's it's a lot more contemporary and enjoyable for most people. Yeah. So I mean, speak. So speaking of the church, so I got a question from Mark Griffin. All right. He says, uh, as a pastor, do you ever feel like the church loses their ability to sympathize with people who don't believe in God, like they no longer remember what it's like to be lost? Um, yeah, I think all Christians struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, cause you know, the reality is, you know, studies show the longer you're a Christian, the less non-Christian friends you have. Right. You know, cause you know, like if you get into bodybuilding, you surround yourself with bodybuilders. Right. You know, if you get into whatever you're getting into, that's, that's who you ended up surrounding yourself with. Yeah. And so that's, it's the same thing with Christians. They, they kind of, we can very easily, um, isolate ourselves from from non-believers and when you do that you you do lose sight of it so you know we we try to put an emphasis on not losing sight of it you know to encourage our our church encourage us me personally to remember what it was like um because none of us are perfect right you know i've already sinned today and i'll keep probably doing it before you know days over i'm sure and so it's a reminder of that i think it's a great question from the, the man mark you know because um, you got to strive to remember. I think for me, the key is to remember the holiness of God, mm-hmm. right? Isaiah chapter six, I see the Lord high and lifted up on his throne. And what did Isaiah respond when he saw the holiness of God? He's like, dude, I suck. Woe is me is what he says. Like I am unclean. And so too many Christians think they're clean. Yeah. I want to really not like you compare yourself to God. You're not. Now I know as a believer, we're clothed in the righteousness of God and God sees us holy and righteous, but, um, man, we got a lot of work to do. So we have a, we have a ministry here called regeneration, which is like a recovery ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of, it's not just alcohol and drugs, which what most people think of as recovery. Right. Um, because all of us as, as Christians, we're in recovery. Right. You know, I have, I have pride issues. I have, um, uh, self-worth issues all of those things are 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 sin um so yeah it's it's a battle you got to work on it and i think the key for me is to remember who he is and who i am i'm not not him i'm not god so what do you do if uh you know you see christians or people that call themselves christians you know uh al I don't know. I don't know if you call it protesting, but they hold signs of like God hates gays or, you know, uh, even like mm-hmm. outside, like a clinic, like they're telling people like they're going to hell if they do, you know, do this abortion or something like that. Right. right? 
And they're doing that rather than thinking about, okay, what would Jesus actually do in this situation? Right. You know what I mean? And I'm sure the Bible says something that are against those things, but yeah. there's still some, there's still, there's probably something else that tells you that you should love those people. Yeah. You know, so what do you do in those situations? Well, you know, unfortunately most of the people that are like that won't listen to anybody anyhow yeah um but you know the bible explains it as a uh, um like a gong a, like a cymbal on a drum mm -hmm. like you can do all those things but you're just like a clanging cymbal if there's no love in it mm -hmm. and there's no love in that kind of response right right you're going to hell protest you that's that's not love yeah and and unfortunately what it does is that clanging cymbal um, it drowns out the voices of, of God that the, those people do need to hear. Mm -hmm. God does God does love you. God loves your uh, unborn child, <clears throat> but they can't hear it because of these other guys over here banging on the symbol. Yeah, you know, which is really one of the reasons we changed the name of our church. Okay. Um, there's a, a a Baptist group, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give them any any credit. But right. um, that does a lot of that stuff. They protest military funerals. They protest all of those things. And so we wanted to remove um, obstacles from people knowing Jesus. And if a name is an obstacle, then let's get rid of it. Yeah. And so we we went from our church was Gideon Baptist Church and our Cross Creek Church. And um, we still believe what we've always believed. This church has always believed. But it was just removing an obstacle because of those people that are claiming that symbol that just like drowns out what those people, what we all need to hear, right? Like mm -hmm. without love, you're just wasting your time no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's a funny thing because, uh, I mean, like, like we were saying before about, um, kind of like the whole, like forgetting, forgetting how to talk to like non-Christians or whatever. Cause being around Christians right. so much, um, like I haven't gone to church in a long time, but I've been stronger in my faith than I've ever been in my life. Right. And, the people that I get to talk to, like, I'm good friends with a dude that uh, is an atheist, you know, and the, he constantly asks me questions, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, and that's what it's about. Like, you you can't, the Bible says to be of this, not to be in this world, but not of it. Yeah. Right. And too many Christians try to be um, completely in a bubble away from it. And that's not what that's not what the Bible says. It's not what Jesus did. Yeah. Right? Jesus went to the sinners. Jesus went to the people that the religious religious people um, didn't have anything to do with. Yeah. And so you've got to be salt and light. And salt and light can't doesn't work in the dark, right? Like you can't hide it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and he's the one that said to me, he said, because uh, when the first time I mentioned that I was a Christian and I talked about my faith, it, he so he was like. Oh, so you're the people that hate gays and blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. uh, the That's more people over there banging that stupid symbol. Yeah. And then he realized the more that we talked, the more questions he asked to me and then realized how I am. He was like, oh, you're just like me, but you believe in God, right. you know? And then we're, we were talking about something one time and... He was like, he was like, man, like, I really pray for you. I was like, what? He was like, well, you know, how, however an atheist prays. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, man, I'll take that. Yeah, heck yeah, man. You know, so I thought that was one of the, 
Yeah, I, like I thought that was one of the right. But yeah, I thought that was one of the coolest things. That's a that's a compliment to you and your faith, you know. Because who when when things go bad in his life, who's he gonna run to? He's gonna come to you. And that that's their opportunity, you know, to speak truth in his life. Yeah, man. I mean, and uh you know, I was thinking about uh, back in the day, with like when you were in Delaware and with all of us, you know, it was probably one of the, probably the closest knit youth group I've ever even like, not just been a part of, but seen at that church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we had some good times there. Some good, good, good punks in that youth youth ministry. Yeah, it's cool. To, it's cool to see what you guys are all doing now and uh, the different paths that God's taking you guys on. Yeah, and it's. Uh, you know, like I grew up in church and all that kind of stuff, but you know, when you do that, you tend to want to like get away from it when you get older. You know, yeah. a lot of people do. Uh, so I was one of those, you know, and then just about like two years ago, I think is where I just like, I was just like, you know what, God, I'm tired of running, yeah. you know, just, you know, just take everything, just do what you need to do with me. And ever since then, I've been happy. I've been stress-free. I've just been, you know what I mean? My pro- my right. thought process is different. My mindset is different. Yeah, and I think, um, and this isn't, a, this isn't a bash Christian schools, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes kids that grow up in a Christian school, especially if it's attached to the same church, um, it becomes too much. Yeah. Like it becomes... Um, it's not fun, right? Right. Like the Christian life should be fun. And if it almost feels like you're being force fed. That's exactly um, how it felt. Yeah. And if you're the same place in school and church and you're just like, man, because I like, I, it gets tiring, you know, even as a youth pastor, because I was in three different churches as a youth pastor and all three of them had a Christian school mm-hmm. and the Christian school kids are the ones that really struggle the most because it's, um, it's just, you just feel like it's getting crammed down your throat every time you turn around. And so I think, and that's not to say Christian schools aren't good. Right. Cause they do a lot of good and they reach yeah. a lot of people. Um, I think if you have kids in a Christian school, like if I were to put my kids in a Christian school, which I don't, I would make sure it was, um, wasn't the church that they go to. Yeah. Um, just because, of, so they can disconnect between their, their worship at church and then, their education but that's that's my opinion yeah yeah i mean i i agree because but also i mean i could see the good part in it is that it left that little thing in the back of my head it planted that seed in the back of my head those those seeds were there right you know and then it just took certain amount of years yeah for me but like i was gonna i was gonna say um you know the whole you know, being saved part because, you know, I talk to people that are also in different, uh, religions, you know, Catholicism is one of them, you know, where you have to go through confirmation and you have to go through all these things and stuff like that. Whereas what we believe, like you ask God into your life, stuff like that. Right. For some reason, I just never felt like I was like, I did it right. You know what I mean? Because I heard stories like, oh, oh, like a pastor would say, like, I was saved in first grade. I'm like, but how did you know? You know what I mean? Because that was the same with me. Like a lady just told me to pray something. 
And I did it. And she said, you're saved. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, you know, (laughs) but it took the time. And I remember it like it was yesterday, the time we were at camp and it was like me, you, like Jordan McDowell and like a couple other guys, we were just huddled into this circle and we just prayed together. And I, you know, I accepted Christ again, you know, I know that's not how it works, but that's the time that it really meant something to me. And I felt it. You know, yeah, there has to be what uh, what some books call the crisis of belief. It's like you have to come to the point um, where you really believe this for yourself. Mm. You know, as a as a first grader, um, I, there's a lot of first graders that can't understand that. But you got to take the time to to process that with them, not just say, "Hey, you want to say a prayer and not go to hell?" Well, of course I do, right? Um, yeah. And most, I would say, probably a huge majority of people that grow up in church go through that. You know, I did the same thing. I I prayed it, I think when I was five, just because my twin brother did it the week before. And all week he said, I'm Christian and you're not. So I was like, well, I can do that. So, <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it wasn't until I was like 14. I'm like, dang, I need, I need to, I didn't make this for myself. So, yeah, I, awesome. mean, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember that. What camp was that at? You remember? Uh, I have no that? clue. I'm trying to remember where we went to camp. We went to Nyack. That was the hottest camp I think I've ever been to other than the Philippines because they had no air conditioner. And it was like Nyack, New York. I was like, a, yeah, I think it was, it must've been like 08 maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but I just remember that moment. That's awesome. You know, and it's, yeah, it stays with me. But, you know, speaking of your your brother, I saw that you guys uh, have a book that's going to come yeah. out. Yeah, it's coming out. Um, I don't know. We're just waiting on the, a friend of ours that's um, doing the publishing for it on Amazon. Okay. And so hopefully in the next week or two, it'll be done. Just waiting on him. Everything else is done on it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's basically um, I've written two other books. And then my brother yeah. has written another book on parenting. And um, so then last summer we did the the JMT that John Muir Trail. Yeah. And so I know you your guys' family is into hiking. Mm-hmm. And so we we did a uh, the book is basically nine nine mountaintops that we see in scripture. Okay. And what we can learn from it. And so each chapter kind of has a perspective of of what we can learn in the Bible from from what God showed on that mountain. But then each chapter also shares a story from the hike. Um, so it's seventeen days. 244 miles, um, just camping out. So there's some cool stories of what, what we experienced while we were out there. Right. So I, I think people enjoy it, especially if you like, if you like outdoors and, and mountain stuff. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And how was, how was kind of like doing the writing process with your brother? How was that? Um, it was good. Basically we, I kind of came up with a plan of, of what chapters we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, we just kind of divided them up. And so each story, we each have a um, kind of a tale from the trail is what we called it. So each chapter is introduc- in, introduced with a, uh, a story from, from the mountain. And then we just, I think there's 10, 10 chapters. There's an introduction and conclusion. So we just divided them up, which ones we thought we would want to want to talk about the most. So did you think about the book idea while you were on the hike or after the fact? Yeah, there's a there's another book called The Mountains Are Calling, and it's by uh, the teaching pastor of, of Prestonwood. 
And so he, he did a, a book pretty much similar. We kind of, we basically stole his idea. Um, but I asked him first before we did it. So while we were on the hike, we talked about it. Like we got to figure out a way to, to share this experience with other people. How's this going to look? And so while we were on the hike, um, each, each peak that we went over, there was uh, there's 12, 12 mountain passes. So each time I would just get my phone out and record a, a short, cause I'd planned to do a, a preaching series through this other book when I got back from the hike. And so I did like a promo each for each week. Mm. And so then when we got back, I was like, well, let's just turn this, we can just turn this into a book. So that was kind of the process. We talked a lot on the hike. I mean, there's a lot of times to talk when you're hiking 10 hours a day. Yeah. You know, could we do a devotional? How can we share this experience? And so that's kind of what we nailed down on, on doing. Okay. Did you guys, did you guys like train for it? For that? Yeah, hike? we did. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I mean, just went to the gym a lot, did a lot of hiking here. I mean, I, I had an advantage over most of the guys because most of them are from Missouri or Texas mm -hmm. and they don't have, you can't really train for elevation. Yeah. So, and then the way we, we did it, there's basically people, most, most people that do that high go, they call it southbound. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to do it northbound because of the, the size of our group, because you have to get permits and it's a headache to try to get on the trail. And because of our size of our group, we had to go the other way. And so what that meant was we started out at like the first campsite was 10,500 feet. And so you don't, you don't get to gradually go into elevation. You just kind of right. like first day we did over one mountain pass, which was like over 12,000 and um, 15 miles first day. So the, when you come the other way, you kind of gradually go into the elevation. So my brother was sick, like the first probably 10 days. Jeez. I think almost every day he was like, I got to get out of here, but there's only, there's only a certain spots that you can get off the trail. Yeah. Um, and you got to hike out off of, over a mountain to get out. Mm. So, but he finally, I don't know what day it was, maybe day 10, he finally started feeling better. Yeah. And I think it was altitude sickness and just fatigue the mm. whole time. So. Well, that's got to suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so with your two other books, what's been your inspiration in just writing these books and why did you decide to do them? I don't know. That's what people ask me that. I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, the first book is just called positioning your life for breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a passage in second Samuel where David is praying to God and he's like, God, Philistines are down there. Should I go, should I go take him out or not? And uh, God says, yeah, go victory's yours. So he goes down and destroys them. And he calls the place Baal Perizim, which just means the God who bursts through. And so it's, it's kind of like a, a picture of a dam bursting. Mm -hmm. And so that was the imagery of um, that God, God does want to break through in our life. And so the, we, we have a different um, theme for our church every year based off one word. Right. And so that year, that was the theme. And I was like, well, I, I did a sermon on it. So I was like, well, let's see what happens if we just keep writing. So it's a pretty little, it's a pretty short book. Um, but it just goes through five things that, that we can do to um, position ourselves in the right place if God chooses to break through. Yeah. So there's no, there's no magic formula to get God to do perform for you. You know, it's, um, it's putting yourself in a position that if God chooses to, then, then I'm ready for it. Yeah. Do you ever get like to the feeling 
like is 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 God you know is he setting me up for something or is just like he just or am I in a building season or because you just feel like the same thing has gone over and over again for a certain amount of months nothing new has happened all right. these things, you know, they're like, okay, is God going to do something in my life? Or, you know, have you ever been that way? Yeah, there are. There's a lot of times where, um, you know, the Bible just says there's a, there's a time, there's a season for everything. Yeah. Um, there's time to plant. There's a time to harvest. There's a time to, you know, to, to live and there's time to die. So there's, there's a time for everything. And I think God uh, uses those seasons. I think a lot of times I think we get too focused on what's next yeah. that we forget what's now. Like, what is God doing in my life right now? Because mm-hmm. um, especially people that are, you're, you're probably a pretty driven guy. You're you're looking ahead. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But I think sometimes people miss what God's doing in the now because we're, mm. we're looking for the next. And so it's enjoying whatever season God has you in. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's, I mean, there's something I've been praying about for nine years with our church that God still is like, eh, not yet. I'm yeah. Like, well, this would be the perfect time, but right. apparently not. So it's like, well, I'm just going to be faithful where he has me now and see what happens. So enjoy just learning to enjoy where he has you. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think with anything, you know, this pandemic, you know, has helped a lot of people kind yeah. of realize that. Yeah, it's, it's forced people to slow down a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a lot of our families, it's been a blessing. You know, it's it's a struggle, but it's also a blessing because it's it's allowed them to be home with their kids. And, you know, we got a lot of military guys that were just kind of like, Hey, you guys stay home. So they had, you know, two, three months of time home with their, their families and their kids that they don't get ever. So, um, yeah, it's just learning to, you know, as Paul said, whatever state I am, I'm going to be content. Yeah. That's what, that's where we get that verse. I can do all things through Christ. It's not necessarily a, I can go, throw a football over that mountain like uncle rico right yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I can be content where i am because christ can make me content right yeah and i think i can, i get kind of caught sometimes in that line like i'm always I, I feel blessed every day just to wake up and see everything that i have right now right. you know but on the other side i see a vision of what i want and what i'm striving for and what i'm working for Right. You know, and sometimes I just I think it's just because I feel like I'm I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, but I know God wants me to just be patient. You know, I mean, patience is probably not one of my strong suits, but, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely working on it. And yep. I definitely, you know, always try and remind myself every day just to keep the trust and keep to keep your faith. And, you know, the things are going to work out, you know, because when I was younger, I was in the same spot and I look back for 10 years, I went through so much stuff and I was like, wait, I'm not stuck. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just keep moving. Just keep moving forward. You know, um, I think we get caught comparing with other people. Yeah, that too. Yeah comparison will rob you of that contentment and because you're just like well look at them or look what god's doing over there or yeah you know there's like i said there's a time to plant and you gotta wait and then the harvest comes so yeah exactly um what do you so there's since we're going through this whole pandemic thing you know i'm sure a lot of people are questioning like 
how how do you believe in God or you know how is there a God if He's allowing all this to happen? Like, what yeah. is your? And I know people probably ask you that too, right? You know, so what would be your answer for that? Well, I think the number one answer is for me is um, we live in a, a fallen world, mm. right? This wasn't, um, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, there was no sin and they, they sin. And that's when all this disease and cancer and selfishness, that's when it sent into the world. And, uh, you know, when you think about in John chapter 11, when, uh, Lazarus is dead and Jesus, Jesus wept, right? Like everybody can memorize John eleven thirty five. Jesus yeah. wept. You know, hey, I memorized the verse today. Um, I don't, I think there's more to uh, one. I think he was weeping because he, he felt bad for them, but I think it was even a deeper idea is that he saw, um, and maybe felt on a personal level, human level, what sin did to us, right? Like that sin brought death. And, and so I, I think that's the one thing is, is like, Hey, this is sin. This is a result of our, our sin. Um, the other is God causes, God allows the, the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, how good people and bad people both experience rain for their crops, right? Like yep. good people and bad people experience bad things. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, the nature of the, the sinful world that we live in. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it does, you know, cause my answer is always, you know, there's things that we can't explain. Right. You know, I yeah, mean, and you can, you can say that, I mean, there, there's going to be some people like Christians that would say, well, God's bringing this judgment on the world. Well, that's a, that's a possibility, but we don't know that. Yeah. Right. It could just be that, um, some bad people decided they want to, uh, put this virus out and, and kill people. Like mm-hmm. why? Because they're, they're sinful people, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think sometimes um, God gets the blame for things that he's, he's not really like responsible for. He allows us to live in our, in our consequences. Yeah. That, I mean, and we, we have the freedom to make choices and to have our own decisions right. and, you know, so many different things. And there's, there's things like cancer and, different diseases that we get or someone dies unexpectedly and we just can't explain it. And then we, we look for somewhere to blame, right. You know, even if the person doesn't believe in God, they blame God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? It's a crazy thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, the, um, it's like if you have kids and you, you know, your kid, you tell your kids, Hey, don't do this. And they do it. And then you discipline for them. And they're mad at you for disciplining them. What? Yeah, like, yeah. I told you, you know, why would you get mad at me for doing what I told you I was going to do? Like, that was your choice. And so, yeah, we, we like to blame God for every uh, catastrophe, but not give him any credit for any of the blessings. Yeah. So during this whole thing, what's been your uh, routine since I know you probably do you go to the church to uh, to preach, even though you can't have people or do you have people there now? Um, yeah, we've been, when it, when it first happened, um, we were shut down for 12 weeks, 12 Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so our routine then was, um, we didn't go in the office. Although after about week one, my wife's like, cause the kids were home and she's like, if you want to go to the office, you can, I'm like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we have six guys in the office and, uh, and our, uh, six pastors and 
three of us would come to the office and work because we have kids at home and the three that didn't have kids at home, they just stay at home. So, yeah. um, but we would do uh, Thursday nights was our, I guess our recording night. So we would go up to the church and I would be up there most of the day. We had a church from another city that they were meeting in a school and the school, you know, was shut down. So they had nowhere to record a message. So they came every week and we would record their message for their Sunday that our, our praise band would come and record our music. And then, so there were some nights, eight or eight 30, I was preaching on Thursday nights and then we would record it and then play it on Sunday. But we only did that for 12 weeks. The first week of June, we started meeting back in our building. Okay. Um, and at that time we had a reservation. You had to get online, make a reservation and, um, only a hundred people per service could reserve. So we added a service and, but after a couple of weeks, we realized not a lot of people were coming back. So we're like, well, we'll squash the reservation and just went back to two services and whoever shows up, shows up. So just encourage people to wear their mask and yeah, we spray the chairs down in between services and, and all that stuff. So there's about 60% of our church has started coming back. Okay. But there's 40% haven't, they just join online or, or whatever. So and is is uh, Colorado like kind of relaxed on that rule, or are they being like strict or anything? I haven't heard anything about them. Uh, they were pretty relaxed for quite a while, um, and then depending on what county you lived in. Okay. So like our county was um, didn't really have a whole lot of cases at all, so they were pretty lax. Um, just I think today at five p.m. they've been like last Wednesday they kind of tightened things up again, mm-hmm. and today they're they're tightening things up even more. So there's a, they're, they're asking for not more than, for restaurants, I think it's 25% capacity and no more than 50 people. For um, gatherings like the gym, stuff like that, same thing. But there's a federal, federal law, federal something that says churches are exempt from that. Yeah. So they just, um, they want to, they just basically say practice social distancing. So. Right. We've, we've got our, uh, even this week, we've changed up our, our setup in our auditorium where we've taken about 100 chairs out, spread them out so that, that people can feel a little more safe as far as not being right next to people. But Right. So, and even like uh, the districts around our schools, um, one district this week decided no more football. Another district is has a football game tonight. So it's just different, different districts are doing different things. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, around here, uh, there's sports going, but they got to wear a mask like under their helmet. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. One of one of our guys uh, for uh, the, the high school, or one of our high schools, Fountain Fort Carson, the quarterback goes to our church and our youth ministry, and then the receiver, and just this last week, they were on Sunday, Sunday morning football uh, for the You Got Moss section. Oh, wow. And then they played it again on Monday night, so – the quarterback threw a threw a pass. It's a pretty deep pass, and the the kid just jumped over him and you know mossed him. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. So you go to the Fountain Fort Carson High School Facebook page, you can see. Oh, that's um, cool, Malik, man. Malik moss some dude. So yeah, I think part of it. I think part of their high school is they don't want to shut down because they're they're having a really good season. So. Yeah, of course, of course. Because that that's that's what would happen, right? You know, the one time yeah. when. <laughs> yeah, well, they were. This high school has been in 5A for years, and this year is their first year down in 4A. 
And so they were undefeated till last week and they played another team that was undefeated and they got beat. Um, so they're, they're going to do a rematch tonight because one of the team, the team they were supposed to be playing canceled their sports. So they called this other school and said, Hey, you want to play again? So I'm trying to get tickets. Yeah. We'll see it. Each family gets two tickets. So. Oh hard. man, that's crazy. Um, what was what? So I saw this week, I don't know if you know, do you know anything about like the Hillsong church? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, I think there's different branches in different States. Yeah. It's, it's the, the main one is in Australia yeah, and then, um, New York, they have some other ones in, in bigger cities. Yeah. So did you hear about this? The New York one, the, uh, yeah. pastor was oh. caught. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like, I know, I know pastors and people that, you know, didn't do the best things. I know pastors that were that like knew, cheated and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, people say, well, you're a Christian. You're supposed to forgive, right? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but for that position, I just feel like you have to hold to a higher standard a little bit, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, okay. Uh, I mean, the Bible is in, in second Timothy or whatever. And Titus, it talks about the qualifications of a pastor and you oh, should okay. be above reproach, right? You should be, yeah. doesn't mean you're perfect. Right, of course. But there is a higher standard um, that you place on that. And I think if if anybody's caught in that kind of immorality, they need to be removed. And I think that's what they did. They yeah. removed him yep. from it. Um, and one of the tendencies I think though is for churches and Christians is we have a tendency to, um, to burn our own. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, completely blackball them. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think there's gotta be a balance. Like, you know, there's a time of healing and restoration, get the guy counseling. Um, and I, I think different people have different beliefs on whether he should ever be in that role again. Right. Um, personally, I don't think he should. Right. I agree. Are there yeah. roles for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's, there's roles for, for somebody like that. But um, in the past, I think church seems to lean one of two ways. It's like, well, let's just turn a blind eye to it or, Let's kick into the curb yeah. and never hear from him again. And there's, yeah. there's got to be some restoration and forgiveness there, but there's also got to be some accountability and, and consequences. Yeah. I mean, cause it never turns out good when you turn the blind, blind eye to it, you know, no. cause then it's you end worse. up like the Catholic church. So yeah, that's like trying to ignore cancer in your body. Like, eh, I'm, it'll nah, take I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll take care of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just yeah, I wanted to get your like minds like your uh, opinion on that because just like I've talked about it with other people and they all said the same thing like, "Oh, you're supposed to forgive, you're supposed to forgive." I was like, "Oh, yeah, of course." Right. You know, but again, you know, if he's in this position teaching other people, right. You know, and people are looking to him. There's some people that will follow everything he does. Yeah. Some people will dress like him. And you yeah. know what I mean? There are some people that do that. So uh, you just got to know his role and know his position and just hold yeah. him to a higher standard. If you if you go to a doctor for heart surgery yeah. and the last pan, the last cancer or last heart surgery he does or the last five, he's he botched them. Yeah. Yeah, I forgive you, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah I forgive you. <laughs> you're good, right? No, you want some accountability. You want to make sure there's... Yeah. It's like, hey, he needs to go back to school or something. Right. right. He needs to he needs to get that whatever's messed up fixed. So yeah, I think 
there's there's definitely some consequences. Even David David had an affair, and he had consequences for his yeah. sin. So, and it was generational. Yeah. Do you have uh, any big hikes coming up or anything? No, no. That that one probably set me up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we did uh, we did a short one this last summer in outside of in Aspen, okay. called the Maroon Bells, and it's just uh, it was like maybe a thirty mile hike. Yeah, that we did over a couple mountain passes. So, I like to do um, one or two every summer, like a fourteener. Yeah, because we have uh, if you don't know what a fourteener is, it's just a mountain over fourteen thousand feet. So we have um, fifty-two of those in Colorado. Jeez. So I, I've only I've done eleven of them here, and uh, so I like to take a day hike and do that. It, okay. It's just fun to to. I got a. My wife got me a big poster in my office that I put red pens on for each one when I do it. So, just some, oh, wow. some kind of a goal to do. So. Yeah. Cause you know, as much as my dad does it, like I just have no desire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I took uh, my oldest. You know, Derek. Yeah. When he was uh, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, around there. We took. I took him on a hike. We did like a rite of passage weekend. And um, so a couple of buddies from college brought their sons out and we went like rock climbing and rappelling. And that night went and shot some guns and then we did a 14er and he's not a big hiker. He did it, but he doesn't like it. So, and then uh, this summer I took my other son, Dustin, who's 11 on a 14er. And it was a pretty tough one. And we got to the top. I had to kind of coax him up to the top and he sat down and he's like, can you call for the helicopter now? <laughs> I was like, ain't no helicopter coming to get you. You got to walk back down. He got really, really bad altitude sickness. Yeah. And so I don't know. He may, he may hate hiking too. So at what height do you start getting that sickness? At? Like how far in? Um, most of, it's different for most people, but a okay. lot of people, once you get above tree line, um, it's, which is about 11,500 feet. Oh, wow. Um, okay. What, what tree line is, is there's not enough oxygen for the trees to grow. Ah. And so once you get above that, it's just rocks. There's no trees. There's like shrubs and, you know, things like that. So seems to be once you get above tree line, that really starts affecting people. So he, he was good as long as he was going. But as soon as he sat down, it was like 14,000 something, maybe 100 feet. But he just, you get this pounding headache. You, f- mm. you feel nauseous, like you want to throw up and... He thought he was going to die. So we were just like, I just kept, hey, we got to get down. It was raining, kind of cold. He wanted me to carry him. I was like, there's big boulders. I was like, I can't carry you. Then we were both fall off the side. Yeah. So I was like, you just got to get down to the tree line. Once you get down below the tree line, you usually start feeling a little better. So what about animals? Is that something to worry about? Like, do you guys have that over there? Um, we have, we have bears, we have mountain lions, um, stuff like that. I've, Last year I was on a hike and I saw a bear, but I have a, I have my dog with me. I have like a 90 pound bull mastiff. Okay. And, uh, they kind of looked at each other and the dog kind of went at him and he took off. Oh wow. The dog went at him. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't like run full, but he just kind of like, I need to see what this is. And that was enough for the bear to go. The only problem was, I was like, I got to come down this trail. So I was like, I hope he's not still there. Um, there's, there's been people that have been attacked by mountain lions so I, I usually don't go up in the mountains a lot without my my dog. So 
They kind of. You don't carry a knife or nothing. What's that? You don't carry a knife or anything. No. Just if, I, if I'm going up in the mountains with my Jeep or something, I'll, I'll take my gun with me. But yeah. if I'm just on a trail, there's usually other people out there. So okay. I'll just take my dog. They'll scare them off. Because I've seen a lot of videos of that. Those mountain lions, that's, I think that would scare me more than a bear. Yeah. Yeah, because um, bears don't don't normally attack unless you get in between them and their, their cover or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a, a mountain lion once here in our neighborhood. Mm. that had fallen in somebody's window well and broke its leg and it couldn't get out. So they uh. had to tranquilize it and get it out. So most thing we see around here are deer or yeah. antelope, those kind of things. So, And also with the mountain lion too, they come from behind. Yeah. They want to get sneaky. the back of your neck. Yep. Oh, uh, dude. Um, I've never actually, uh, I think I've ever seen one out on a hike. Well, that's good. I hope it stays that way. Yeah, me too. So I'll leave my dog and run. My dog can fight him. (laughs) That's crazy. So, and I got another question for you. Um, she said, "This was asked by your wife." All right. She said, "When are you going to take her on a cruise again?" I don't know. (laughs) I've been uh, honestly, I've been talking about it with my brother that we'd like to do it next year. So. Yeah, definitely. We need to go on a Disney cruise. You guys are big Disney people, aren't you? Yeah. See, I don't know about I don't know about cruises though. You know, I've never been on one. No. We went on one once. It was for uh, a couple years ago for our 25th anniversary, and uh, went with my brother and his wife. It was a lot of fun. Misty was a little nervous about it because she doesn't like being out. Like, her fear is drowning somewhere. Which okay. You know, the possibility of that is a little higher on a cruise than when you're not in the water. But she she did good. She's so obviously because she wants to go back. So yeah. if we do it again, I want to do seven days. We did a five night cruise. And okay. uh, the last day we were on there, I finally felt like we were completely relaxed and, you know, forgot about all the stuff at home. And then it was time to go back home. So, yeah, also, like like for me, like. I can only like just relax for so long. I like to do yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So that's why I like Disney World so much. Yeah. Is because uh which is weird because I'm not I don't like to being around people. Yeah. But with Disney World, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, I just feel like I'm not even worried about everything around me. Right. You know, I'm just I'm tunnel vision and I'm just heading to where I want to go and we're doing what we yeah. want to do. You know, this place is like just relaxing and it's calming. I don't got to worry about anything. It's like a different world. Yeah. You know, that's like on a cruise you have, uh, you know, they have a gym there. You can work out. Right. They have, uh, you know, basketball court. You kind of hang out. They, uh, and then they have excursions. You get off and go, you know, swim with the dolphins or go out on the beach, that kind of thing. So it's definitely not a, like a, a high activity type of thing. Right. Yeah. So I like to end these things by asking, what is your, your mindset, your motivation, you know, to move forward with like whatever plans you have in mind with, you know, whatever is driving you forward, you know? Um, for me, I think it's, it's always about just, I want to finish. Um, I don't want to be the guy that like 
ran half the race. Yeah. Gave up. So I'm, that's really my my values are. I want to. I want people to say that he he loved his family well. You know, he, he served his church well, and he, he was faithful to what God called him to. Yeah. So just to keep going, you know, I don't want to be. My my dad is always, you know, don't quit, don't quit. So I just want to be faithful to what God called me to, and and not quit. That's that's really my motivating thing. Is I want to. I don't want to be like that preacher, you know, in New York that. Yeah. Screwed up. I want to. Yeah. I want to be faithful to my family. You know, I want to be faithful to God, and so. Um, that's probably my biggest motivator is just, Hey, I want to, I want to be seen as somebody that just kept going, didn't quit. So. Yeah, man. sounds good to me. I mean, you left a big impact in my life and a lot of, you know, the, the, the girls and guys that were in that whole group of ours, you know, cause people talk about you all the time. You know, people were messaging me, telling me, telling me to tell you like how much they miss you. Yeah. and stuff like that so you're definitely making an impact man well i appreciate it man yeah you man. were a great kid you were quiet that's for sure yeah uh, i was just listening yeah, to yeah, people as well that's right you were always a good kid but you were always quiet so i was like i don't know if that thing guy even likes me but yeah <laughs> yeah man but i appreciate you doing this it means a lot thanks man i appreciate you having me on and i keep praying for you and your wife and you guys keep moving forward yeah man all right well I'll let you off, and uh, I'll talk to you later sometime. All right. Love you guys, man. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Peace out. Here's one for the lonely hearts. For the ones that fear the dark, you better